Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Happy Friday, December 2nd, and welcome to Not Gambling Advice, sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code Just Baseball or code Just Gridiron when you download for a full instant deposit match up to $100. This is the Sunday Week 13 episode, and I am very excited to welcome Matt Tanner or Matty Betts on Twitter, as well as Gino from bet openly you guys gotta follow both of these guys on twitter and both of their links will be in the episode description gentlemen i have my three favorite picks you guys have yours but i have about 60 leans that i've just been scrounging the board this entire week because this slate in particular i feel like is tricky this could either be a public massacre or it could be a week after last week where Sharps really cleaned up that the public ends up winning. So I'm very in between. That's why I'm happy to have these guys on. And if you want to hear more of their content, definitely go check out the Discipline Degens podcast. It's great. They break down NFL, college football, all different types of bets. Matt, how are you? We'll start with you and we'll get to Gino. Oh, man. Just want to start with any NFL pick? No, no. No, just say, how are you? How are you? We're just starting okay. with good vibes. You can tell how I am. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get, get some picks in right away. I'm, I'm going to UFC Orlando tomorrow, trying to get some NFL action in this weekend. So doing good. I love it, my friend. Gino, I was on the Saints last week, and your 49ers decided to shut them out. How are you feeling? Sadly, I was on the Saints, too. And actually, the Saints was a sharp play. And if they play 10 times, they cover nine of them. That's what I was thinking. All right. Yeah. Let's just get straight into it because we're going to go through every single game. More often than not, we will just go through our three favorite picks. But for this week in particular, I really want to talk about my leans. Um, The first game that we could start with, I don't have a lean on either side because my betting brain is telling me take the Broncos at the lowest value they'll ever be at plus nine and a half against the Ravens. The over under is thirty nine and a half. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, they have not been a very good second-half team. Um, They usually don't cover big old spreads like this, but it's hard to find a worse team right now than the Denver Broncos. It's hard to find a worse head coach than Nathaniel Hackett. Gentlemen, do you have any leans on this game? Because I don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole. Again, gambling brain says Broncos. Every other part of my brain says shut up, idiot, and just don't bet it. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I I would agree with you spot on. Like This isn't even something I would touch. But 
I don't know. This could be a very low-scoring game. I mean, what did you say the number's at right now, eight or nine? Yeah, nine and a half currently on DraftKings. Nine and a half on a 39-point total is, is a lot of points. <laughs> you know, so I agree with you. The gambling side of me says, like, the Broncos with the points here could be the play, but it's definitely pretty ugly. Gino, it's too ugly. Do you have a lean? This is one of my favorite plays of the week, my dudes. The ugly oh, ones man. are where the money is. Wow. Dude, hammer, 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 Denver plus nine and a half. Take it with confidence. I'm telling you, this is going to be a 17-10 game. And that 17-10 might be the way you don't think it is. Denver's defense is tough, and Baltimore's offense is struggling. This is a terrible matchup for Baltimore, but they have no choice but to have this spread as high because Denver hasn't put up, what, more than 10 in the last – Well, I, I, honestly, if, I, if you pulled up the last three games against Denver. So um, I'm not saying run out and, you know, bet that plus 350 money line, but take those nine and a half points and take them confidently. This will be a full unit for me. I love uh, ugly games like this. This is the only way I watch this game is if I have plus nine and a half on it. Wow. I mean, you might have convinced me, Gino. Just a trend for you. Lamar Jackson versus teams below 500 straight up is 23 and four, but 13 and 14 against the spread. Lamar Jackson is just five and nine ATS after a straight up loss. And as a seven point favorite or higher, he's 12 and 14 against the spread. So the trends are moving in your direction, Gino. And another thing about Russell Wilson as a touchdown underdog, Russell Wilson is a perfect four and O, but at the same time, we're dealing with a decrepit Russell Wilson with Nathaniel Hackett calling him plays or Gary Kubiak or me basically with a Madden controller. That's how it looks. So I definitely lean with you, Gino, but I just can't in good conscience take the Broncos when I've been fading them lately and it's been a cash cow. I, I completely agree. It's, it's 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 ugly, but you're gonna say nine and a half. I think I mentioned this on our podcast this week. It's not a system, it's just something I do and it makes me feel good about bets. I always say if this game was being played week one, what would the spread be? Baltimore minus three and a half, four and yeah, a half. And you're be. getting all that value without any major injuries. I know Melvin Gordon left making a making this. Did you guys hear about that? Uh, Melvin Gordon in the locker room playing uh, future and yelling, like, I don't care anymore. Like, this dude doesn't want to win. I want to win. He was basically calling him a bitch. That's pretty funny. I think the Broncos still have professional athletes on their squad that want to play respectful football. I think this is a one-touchdown game. Grind it out. I don't think they're ever down nine and a half. Start I, definitely, I definitely lean with you, Gino. Just can in good conscience do it. I can't have money on Russell Wilson. I can't do it, but I respect you because that's where the ugly, like ugly money wins. Right. All right. Next game, Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans. This game should be fun. It's basically the Texans Super Bowl. Texans are plus seven or plus seven and a half in most places right now. It's mostly seven. Um, and the over under is at 47 and a half. Just to recap quickly on, um, Beeson, uh, the DraftKings handle where they're tracking the bets. Baltimore Ravens are getting 67% of bets, 71% of the handle. And the Broncos are getting 33% of bets and 29% of the handle. So you're definitely seems to be, Gino, you are on the sharper side. This is a game where the Browns, according to this and according to Action Network and Pickett, um, a lot of different websites, the Browns are getting an enormous amount of money, 80% of bets, 83% of the handle. But the line isn't budging. I got to say, I lean the Texans here, but at the same time, the Texans are tanking. I think the Texans are going for the number one overall pick. The Texans have been sharp week over week. People are trying to find the value. Is this the week against Deshaun Watson? Is he going to be rusty? He might not be. He might be a little rusty, 
but he's going to up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. This is just one of the worst teams in the NFL. Gino, I'm going to go to you first. Where do you lean on Broncos versus, or excuse me, Browns versus Texans? In my opinion, this game is dart throwing. There's no reason to bet this game. How you guys felt about the last one, that's how I feel about this one. There's too many unknowns. I don't think Deshaun Watson, the player, will be rusty, but he's not familiar with this system, and he hasn't played football in 700 days. That's where I uh, his athleticism will be fine. He's ready to play ball. I don't think he's ready to be in their system, and I'm really high on this Cleveland team right now. They're way better than a 4-7 and seven team. If it wasn't for him playing, I would actually like this bet better. This is a hard stop for me just because all the – Media, the hype, the how's he going to come out? I think 10 women are showing up to their accuser and like sitting in a luxury box, probably making TikTok videos the whole time. I, <laughs> to me, this is a circus and this does not earn my money. If it was going to earn my money, it would be under 46 and a half. So, Matt, um, I saw some practice footage of Deshaun Watson sailing the ball over receivers. Didn't look great. Really? Um, so that kind of... That that's Gino. What pointed me towards the rust, like you know, we saw it even earlier. You know, with um, some guys that didn't have training camp. The first name that comes to mind is a guy like Joe Burrow, who it took a couple of weeks for him to get going. Deshaun Watson hasn't had any of that, and now he's going to go up against a Texans team. I know he's going to be motivated, but the Texans—they're pulling out the Super Bowl halftime show, basically for them. I know they're having a big name um, sing the national anthem. Like it's supposed to be packed. They're supposed to be accusers of Deshaun Watson in the stands. That's what I've heard. Like it's either Texans or no bet for me. I can't. I can't lay this seven on the road with the Browns. Is there a part of you, Matt, that wants to take the Texans on the money line? I said it a couple of days ago. I'll say it again. There's a lot that could go wrong in this game for the Browns. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think Deshaun Sean Watson's going to be rusty. Like he still has the athleticism. I think he'll probably still have the accuracy, but it's kind of like what Gina said. Like, it's just a matter of getting into this new system and having played being, having played football in so long. And I just think there's a lot more that could go wrong for them than go right with all the different variables that, that they're facing here. So I like the Texans money line. I like the Texans with the points at home. I think you might be right. They still might be tanking, but there's nothing wrong with getting one win here in what feels like their Super Bowl before they go uh, full on on that tank. Maybe two wins, Gino? Two for the Texans? Two win <laughs> Texans? I, I think I love bragging. And I had Texans and Detroit as two of my favorite unders in the team total this year. And so I'm, I'm, I want them tanking all the way to that first and no sweat at all. I don't want to get it close. I think I got it at four. So Detroit's, I don't want them to come out and win this game. The Detroit one's going to be a sweat, but the Texans one's going to be a dinner. Texans. Need, need to, I need Detroit, please. Yeah. Just don't sleep on Damian Pierce. We might be talking about him in the prop side of this podcast. Uh, next game, Washington Commanders are minus two and a half um, on the road against the New York Giants. Currently, we have 42% of bets, 41% of the money on the Washington Commanders. We have a good amount of money, 58% of bets, 59% of the money coming in on the New York Giants. Total is very split. A lot of bets on the over, a lot of money on the under. And if we're looking at the money line, 70% of the handles on the Giants' money line, while only 30% of the handle is on the Commanders' money line. So, gentlemen, this is... Of if I'm gonna deliver three picks, I haven't bet anything yet. So make sure to download the Picket Sports app that's in our episode link description, where you can track all of our different plays as soon as we place them. I love the commanders here for a couple of reasons. Um, 
First, I kind of like the commander's money line because I don't want to deal with some stupid points here because I do think that it's going to be very low scoring. Um, a couple of trends that definitely point towards the under in this matchup. The under is 31 and 12 in Giants games since the start of 2020. That is the most profitable team towards the under. Giants home unders are 16 and 2 in their last 18 games. And um, late season divisional unders in the early window have gone 234 and 154. That's a 60% rate since 2003. But the reason I like the commanders is I have a crazy, crazy trend for you. And I got this from Wager Talk. Shout out them. This is a fantastic trend that I heard. It's hitting at an 81.4% rate in 27 games. Yeah, Gino's, Gino's eyebrows just picked up a little bit. Listen you got to my this. attention, my dude. That's big money. Listen to this. So this trend is twenty-two and five. This is a this is a team that is facing a team in the division, then has a buy, then faces a team in the division that following week. That so team back back to back division games. Back to back division games separated by a bye week. So uh-huh. you face the division. Rival, and then you have a buy. So basically, think about it like that. That makes sense. You're going into the game and you're giving it your all against the division team. And then you again face a division team the week after. The Washington Commanders fit that spot 22 and five against the spread in the last 27 games. That is an 81.4% hit rate. So there's one thing where we can look at the public where the betting percentage is. So right now, everyone's on the Giants. I have that trend, so those two things are working for me. But at the same time, we got to look at the X's and O's, right? It's football at the end of the day. If something just doesn't make sense, if one team is really good at running the ball and one yeah. team can't stop the run, you could be walking into a trend that sounds great, but it doesn't make sense. This game, what do the Giants like to do? They like to run the ball. What are the commanders doing really, really well right now? Stopping the run. Saquon Barkley hasn't looked all the way healthy. Daniel Jones, when he's on the road, he's been much better historically. Now he's at home where actually he's been struggling a little bit more. And there's a couple more trends that favor this. Weirdly, Daniel Jones is 0-2 against the spread in his next start after facing the Cowboys in Dallas. And the Giants have a 60% win and cover percentage this season. Those such teams to lose two or three two or more straight games, which the Giants have, are just three and eight against the spread in their next game. X's and O's, I think what the Giants want to do best, the commanders can stop that. We've seen Taylor Heineke. He's been this lightning rod here for the Washington Commanders. If I have him under a field goal, I might just take the money line because it's minus 135, so I don't have to deal with a one or two point win because I do think it's going to be low scoring, but I really do think the Commanders are going to pull this one out, not only because the public's on the Giants, I have my trends, and I have the X's and O's. I'm curious if you guys want to talk me off of it because I think it's going to be hard. Matt, I want to start with you. So I have the Commanders, and I'm like now thinking about increasing my unit size. You sold me so much on it. (laughs) <laughs> I love yeah, it. I love this commander's team on the road here. I think that they're just a better team and they're, they're there. They can stop the run. And I just, I like Heineke. It's funny. Cause about a year ago when I had the the show with JJ and Trent, JJ would say, Matt, he would look me in the eye every episode and be like, Matt Taylor Heineke is the second best quarterback in the NFC East. He used to always say that he'd be like, I love it's that. Taylor Prescott <laughs> and it's Taylor Heineke. And I would always argue back and forth with them. And back then it was very debatable, right? It was like, Who's better, Jalen Hurts or Taylor Heineke? And we used to always go back and forth. But Taylor Heineke is a good quarterback, man. He's actually really, really solid. And this commander's team, listen to this. The last – 
if you compare the commander's schedule recently to the Giants, because they have similar records, right? The commanders beat Atlanta, Houston, but then they beat Philly, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Green Bay. Whereas like the Giants, like Detroit, Houston, Jacksonville, like I just feel like the commanders have more impressive wins recently. And I just feel like they're a better overall team here. So I like the money line on the road. I agree. Gino, one more thing that I want to throw at you when we're talking about commanders versus Giants. Um, in a low low total like this, this is something I've actually been looking at recently. Haven't really played it, um, but just something I kind of wanted to monitor. Hunting. Hunting. Getting good field position. The Giants have the worst punting special team unit in the NFL. You know who has the best punting team special teams unit in the NFL? The Washington Niners. Commanders. No, Damn the it. Washington Commanders. <laughs> the Niners are up there, though. It's funny. The Niners are up there, though. But the Washington Commanders. So if this is a, you know, this is separating the field. This is getting good field position here. I have the better team, the better defense, and what the Giants want to do well, the Commanders can stop. And I have the punting advantage, which I think is just a small little edge. Like if we get a muffed punt because of Dory Jackson, he's supposed to be out. He's the one who normally fields punts. And now it's like Richie James, but I think he's banged up too. They might have like you or I fielding punts on Sunday. Give I, me the commanders, right? I, I, ne- I never want to come on someone's show and shut them up because I agree with everything you've said. I think you're overkilling this. The commanders are just a better team. I might be and overkilling People it. are falsely high on the New York Giants. This, this to me is a simple unit just because the commanders are better. Yeah. And then secondly, it might be a two unit based on every piece of meaningful data that you uncovered. I like the commanders defense versus their offense. You already touched on that. I had no idea about that special teams. That's like, are we talking two and a half units now? Like this is getting <laughs> crazy because I haven't even given out a three unit play this year. That's how boring I am. Uh, but what I, what I will tell you is there is nothing I've seen all year to give me a reason why the commies aren't minus four in this game. And again, people might not think minus four and minus two are a big difference, but just so oh, you all is. know, about 17 to 20% games fall in between that win rate. And that's a, that's a huge, huge ROI, huge, huge variance. We're talking about making some money. Um, I'm pretty comfortable saying this commies bet is a two unit play. Unlike Petey, who I respect a lot, I, I give up the two. I give up the two and don't blink. If I get backdoored by somewhere where they're down two and they win by a field goal, you can have my money. Uh, I just wouldn't pay that extra 30% juice. I'm seeing it as high as 135 right now. It's That's too expensive for a very, very worthless you're, – you're, you're basically buying the one to two. Yeah. If that's not that common of a – if you look at, like, the math, that's, like, under 3% of games. Don't Don't do that to yourself. Uh, you're right. And the only reason, the only reason I was considering that is one of my favorite overall systems. I got a divisional dog. Like I have a divisional dog and do. I always will initially, like, for example, when I give out my leans on picket um, earlier in the week, my initial lean was giants. Just like, you know, when I look at the board, I'm like, that line is weird. Giants must win this game. So I leaned it. Then I dove deep and you saw how deep I dove or whatever the, how dove, how, whatever you understand how oh. <laughs> m- much research I put into the game. I'm I came out saying it has to be the commanders. I hope this is helpful for anyone on this call or anyone listening or anyone that follows PD. I'll, I'll, I'm big on the psychology of betting. I'm telling you right now, if Vegas wanted to split the public, they'd make the giants minus one here. Vegas didn't want to split the public. They didn't want to get raked by the sharps. That's why the commies opened up minus because they knew the sharp money would come pouring in 
they knew the public was going to be on the Giants either way. So Vegas is guarding themselves from the Sharps here. You should feel really good about this commies bet. Let's go. All right, next game. We spent enough time on uh, that one. Now we move over to a game where I want to talk to Maddie Betts. Titans versus Eagles. The Titans are currently plus four and a half on the road. The over-under is 44. We're getting about 53%, 65% of the handle on the Tennessee Titans. Um, we know the trends. Vrabel as a dog on the money line is 22 and 17 straight up. Best in the NFL. Um, he's 21 and seven against the spread as an underdog of three or more. But the Eagles are 10 and four and one against the spread. That's Jalen Hurts in his career. Eagles are five and one against the spread at home this year. They're 12 and five against the spread in the last 18 games. You have a high powered offense in the Philadelphia Eagles where the Titans have not been in many shootouts. How are they going to handle the Eagles coming at them from every different angle? But how are the Eagles going to handle one of the better, I think, coaching advantages in the NFL? I'd put Vrabel up there with anybody. That defense is still really good they're getting healthier by the day this is an electric game I sort of lean the Titans Maddie and I were talking before we pressed the record button but I have a feeling that you're going to convince me about the Eagles but as as sitting here right now I don't know who to pick and I'm not confident either side Maddie floor is yours I was telling Gina the other day I have a theory on the Eagles that they're just better to bet on when they're playing good teams versus for them to cover in larger spreads against like the bottom half of the NFL. Um, I just feel like I hate taking, like I hate taking my team first of all in general, but I hate taking the Eagles to cover some giant spread. And even Gino sent on the podcast that when we filmed recorded a few days ago, like it's nice. It's a nice feeling getting Philly at home minus any number that's like significantly smaller than a touchdown which has been rare recently. And like it, this, this to me feels like the Cowboys Eagles game when Dallas came to Philly and you, know, you get the Eagles that they ended up winning by 12. I think you get them at like five and a half or six, whatever the number was. Um, this feels like a similar game to me where I just feel like, you know, and again, the Eagles are going to have to stop the run obviously, or at least limit it. But i just feel like the Titans aren't going to be able to score enough points at Philly to, to keep this game close enough to that point spread. So I don't have any crazy trends for you. I actually love betting variable as a dog. I like I like taking this Titans team as a dog in general, um, but I do think that the Eagles are going to be able to cover this point spread in Philly. And I think they're kind of getting a little disrespected now, just with everyone's power rankings. And like now they're like a top five team. And like, are we forgetting this team's like ten and one, or what is it, nine and one, ten and one, nine and one, ten and one now? We're ten and one now. So it's just like, and people have them as like the fifth best team in the NFL. So I don't know. I think I think Jalen's been hearing that, and I think that they're gonna. This is a good statement game for them at home against the Titans. So I like them to cover. And that's Gino. I'm a little biased, like I'm one or two percent biased. I want to knock my man Maddie down before I build him back up. Let's do it. <laughs> ten and one Phillies team is the softest ten and one team in the history of the NFL. That said, they're ten and one. He's only and saying that because his Niners you. have like 15 losses. <laughs> yeah. Because they been, lost I've the Bears. On, and we're hard. We we hurt people. Philly doesn't hurt anyone, dude. They're, this isn't Philly football. They're this delicate. Little Jalen's a beast. I, I he can squat more than like a world's strongest man. But I'm telling <laughs> you, this Phillies team's not traditional Philly team. They're soft. They're delicate. Tennessee's hard nosed. But this is actually my first time publicly fading Tennessee all year. Mm. Tennessee has printed me the most coin all year. I, they lost me the most week one against the Giants. But I've been on them every week. I've gotten value on them all the time. Uh, 
This spread should be six, six and a half. I don't know why it is where it is. I think it's because so many people are on Tennessee. So many people are low on Philly for the wrong reasons. They see the Niners in Dallas climbing up in the power rankings because they're they're a tougher defense. But, dude, Philly can win this game by seven a hundred different ways. Well, I personally hope the Eagles win. My biggest bet of the preseason was Eagles over 10 wins. Um, two units on that one, which I'm very excited, hopefully, to cash this week. And at the same time, one I am certainly sweating is the Titans under nine and a half wins. Uh, that one's Bro, getting you know, a little nerve wracking. I actually think they're going to tailor off some. Like I need to look at their schedule again, but I think you're still, what's the, what's the number at? They're seven and four. Oh shit. Yeah. I might be screwed. <laughs> like, uh, no, that I didn't realize. I was like, wait, he said seven and a half. No, no, we have I nine and a half. I think they're going to go on a little bit of a losing streak here, but obviously that's they're pretty screwed. <laughs> yeah, I might be screwed on that one. So we might we might end up calling it even. The next game, um, I don't really want to spend a ton of time on it because I don't know who's playing quarterback. Um, Green Bay Packers are currently minus three and a half. That line is is going to move depending on who's playing quarterback. Like I don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it's Justin Fields. I don't know if it's Jordan Love. Um, and this line is bouncing all over the place. We have a Packers team who's owned the Bears, but that's Rodgers owning the Bears. Um, I kind of think this could be a sneaky over if we get a Jordan Love-Justin Fields game, but I just don't know if Fields is playing. Um, I could read you trends, but they might be null and void because I don't know who's playing quarterback, and a lot of the Bears-Packers trends involve Aaron Rodgers, and it doesn't involve the same Bears team that have been able to move the ball, but their defense is Swiss cheese now that Eddie Jackson, they're – I guess best defensive player is now out. Roquan Smith has gone to the Ravens. I don't know what to do with this game. So unless you guys have anything on it, maybe you know who's playing quarterback, but I don't have a lean or I'm not going to touch this game unless unless I see Jordan Love versus Justin Fields. I might go over, but I, I don't know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Dots? Only thing I'll say is when in doubt, a home division dog. Yeah. So if I had to lead anyway. Bears Packers. Like. Yeah, no, I know. I totally get that. But I think this is a lot different of a of a year in a scenario. I would lean the Bears, but I'd probably stay away from it. Do you know? I always just say there's so many games. Like, why would you force the hand on a game with so many unknowns? Like, yeah. pick and choose your positions. It just doesn't make sense. Um, there, there's there's a lot of reasons I would argue with people to go Chicago money line here, but I just don't think it's the smartest position of all the bets I've seen and all the value out there, unless you're a fan. And if you're a fan, um, 
and you forced my hand, forced me to watch this game, I would go over on the team totals, excuse me, uh, and the total of the game, or I would go Chicago money line. I could see this being a back and forth match. I, I think the Chicago Bears team is actually severely hated on, and they're they're actually a, a decent football team. Um, but just overall, there's no reason to force your hand here. Love looked good against, again, I'm going to talk shit about Philly. I think their defense is a lot softer than people realize. That made him look good. I I don't, I'm not as high on Jordan Love after that second, that fourth quarter as other people. See, I'm the opposite. I was, a, I was about ready to give him a State Farm commercial. No shit. I thought he looked amazing. What dude, a clean he, spiral that dude has. He has a great throw. That's why he got drafted inside. But hold on. He was throwing the ball. The Philly secondary was 10 feet behind the receiver. They were playing prevent like they were up 30. They yeah, were up he, 10. Yeah, but he, he he gave me like kind of that look like when he's throwing the ball, just like he looks suave. Maybe I maybe guess, I was falling in love rather than actually watching well, The Packers watching have football. a good line too. Like people don't – I don't know. I, I I just haven't been one of those guys that really thinks Aaron Rodgers is – he's great. Don't, I'm not hating on Aaron Rodgers out there. Don't, don't let me misconstrue my words. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers as a standalone is what people still see him as. I think a lot of quarterbacks could go into that Green Bay O-line with a couple good receivers and look as good. And for me, the eye test, Phillies was playing prevent defense because they were confident enough that they could get a couple first downs. So they kind of gave them that last score and they almost gave them a, wasn't it a backdoor seven at the end that would have changed everything? Yeah. He almost gave that too, um, and he that did was not. On the Packers. Yeah, he didn't take again. He, poor kid, he just came up, so I don't mind expecting too much. He he didn't run for first down twice. Yeah, forced the true. ball in there. So I, again, that's Philly playing prevent, very soft. So again, just my eye test. The reason I say all of that is I just don't think it's the best bet. But if you force my hand, I'm Chicago money line. There we go. All right, next game the. Trevor Lawrence-led Jaguars are on the road against the Detroit Lions. Right now, it's minus one for the Jaguars. We have more money definitely coming in, or definitely more bets coming in on the Detroit Lions, but the handle is very split, especially on the money line. It's around 56% Detroit money line, 44% Jaguars. There doesn't particularly seem to be a sharp or square side, um, but in these type of spots, fading Trevor Lawrence has been profitable. Lawrence versus teams after an ATS win. He is one and nine straight up, three and seven against the spread. Since 2016, teams facing the Jaguars on 10 plus days rest are 15 and four straight up and 11 and six against the spread. Jaguars are three and 21 straight up when allowing 14 points or more under. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars after a straight up win under Trevor Lawrence are two and three against the spread. This is why it's the Jaguars lean because none of the trends point to the Jaguars, but I like them. Um, I was on the Jaguars uh, against the Ravens and um, I love that bet. You know, I got that three and a half points at home and uh, Trevor Lawrence in that last drive, especially like that whole game, like when he is looking like the Trevor Lawrence that was expected out of the draft, I fall in love. I, fell in love with this kid after the draft. I always thought this guy was the truth. And uh, even though I kind of got caught up in the hype, I mean, I just watched film and I just thought he was so freaking good. So talented, prototypical size, strong arm, poise in the pocket, everything. And he showed that against the Ravens. Now the lions at home, that's where you really want to take them. Um, but 
But again, also, which is kind of crazy, the Lions are 4-1 and one ATS on 10-plus days rest. They have more rest. They're coming off of Thanksgiving. So everything is pointing to you take the Lions here, but I lean the Jaguars. That's why I'm probably not going to bet the Jaguars, but I certainly want to take them. Matt, I'll start with you. Where do you go on this game? I like the Lions. I think that the Jags are coming off that emotional high playing at Baltimore last week and winning by a point on that comeback. And they've been a different team on the road, I believe. I mean, Jacksonville, they scored 17 points at Kansas City, lost by double digits, lost by a touchdown at Indy, lost by eight at Philly. I mean, they've lost their their three last the three last road games they've played and they've lost. And I just feel like they're coming off an emotional high. And I think Detroit's actually pretty solid. I think they'll be able to get it done at home. I do like Trevor Lawrence, though. I always thought he was kind of like Andrew Luck. Yeah, um, I've always been high on Trevor Lawrence. I just, I still think they, they're just so streaky. They're the most up and down team to me, and I feel like they were yep. up last week with that big upset, and now coming to the lowly Detroit Lions, I feel like they go down again. That's do you know, my, if I were to bet on the Jaguars, am I walking into my love for Trevor Lawrence trap, or do you lean that way? Jaguars is my squarest play of the week. I'm going okay. hammer in Jacksonville. I don't give a okay. shit. That everything is pointing at Detroit. I don't care. I, I Matt knows me. That's the difference of me and a capper. I bet my Niners every week, and I bet square plays every week, even when the the thing that they don't align, and that's fine. Uh, I think Jacksonville beats the brakes off this Detroit team. I think they put up 35. I'm wow. going to be on Jacksonville's team total over. I'm going to be on Jacksonville, and I'm probably going to be on Jacksonville first half. Hasty, I'm very familiar with him. I was actually disappointed the Niners let him go. I think he runs violently. Uh, I love that he found his home in Jacksonville. He is going to have a day. In uh, in uh, Detroit, Petey asked me before we hit record. I'm not a prop guy, so I'm gonna see this. Maybe maybe he's sucking me in to download download prize picks and, and start uh-huh. doing parlays. I love Hasty over one and a half touchdowns. He is going to eat. Wow. He is gonna eat in Detroit, and he is gonna go beast. He runs as close to Marshawn Lynch as I have seen, and he is a mean mean dude. He falls forward and he purposely goes in for contact. Jacksonville is going to smoke Detroit. Casey's going to have two touchdowns. I don't know the yards there, but I think he breaks a long one. So I would also be over on uh, his, I don't know, what is it like? Is it like 80 yards? Like, well, give me, I'm sorry for being such uneducated. I just don't know. No, like so the thing is, the prop isn't up because I think ETN's supposed to be back. Okay. So then that obviously changes everything, but <laughs> I would still, no, no, hear yeah. me out. No, I'm no, here. No, hear me. Yeah. I want to. I want to reset. It changes everything from the numbers I gave out. Mm-hmm. But I would still, as hasty as the backup, would start him in some fantasy on flex, and I would still buy him cheap on your daily fantasies, be, even if ATM's back, because you're going to get him over under thirty yards and probably plus two hundred on a touchdown. So I wouldn't go two touchdowns if he's sharing carries but I would still have him to take a touchdown as a long shot backup. I think he'll get, I think he'll split the carries. He ran that violently. And we want to make sure that the the future of the franchise doesn't get hurt. Even if he comes back 90%. Matt, um, he's kind of speaking to me right now. Did he speak to you or did that go one in your one like, ear out the other? I like the lions, bro. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe in these, I believe in the Jaguars long-term and I believe in Trevor Lawrence, but um, I like Detroit here in this spot. Yeah. So it's for a, me, it's a typical NFL game, right? It's like the, the Jags go on the road and have this huge win at Baltimore. 
this last second type of win and they're all in this huge high and then they come to Detroit and it's like reality sets back in where the Jags haven't done shit on the road all season and Detroit's actually not that bad. And that's just how I see the game going. But I won't touch either side as far as the yeah. bet. This is where I'm leaning. Everything Matt said is accurate. I do have to correct one thing. The Jags went across the country and kicked the Chargers' ass. That's what I see happening here. They did have a good road game. Their offense did dominate. And I actually see the Chargers' run defense is way better than the Detroit run defense. But Detroit's even been playing better lately. So I'm looking it's, – it's when you look – you know, people look on the internet, people that agree with them. I looked for data that – agreed with me here and that's how i found that chargers game everything else matt saying is correct there are plenty of road games to point to and say don't touch uh jags yep that's why i'm just so in between but for the listeners if you put a gun to my head give me the jacksonville jaguars all right next game we have the mike white jets on the road plus three receiving only 29% of the handle against the kirk cousins 1 p.m juggernaut at home vikings getting a field goal, 71% of the handle is all over the Vikings. The total is at 44.5. It has risen a ton from 42.5, but that's because 75% of the handle is on that over, but the market is acting accordingly. I mean, we got Kirk Cousins at home at 1 p.m. where he is 46 and 34 against the spread. 4 p.m. Eastern or later, he is 21 and 31 against the spread. Vikings are nine and two straight up, but just five and five and one against the spread. The Jets have the number one defense, according to PFF. They have great cornerbacks who are probably going to be able to slow down exactly what the Vikings want to do, and that's throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Thielen. I don't know, but I'm always feeling some Thielen. All right, that was a bad joke. We'll move on. The Jets are the most profitable team straight up in the NFL this season. They are 7-4 and four straight up. $100 better is up $916. Um, I do lean the over. Um, because I think that the Vikings still will be able to move the ball in the Jets. But at the same time, I think the Jets, with what they want to do and with how good Mike White looked last week, I also think they're going to move the ball. Again, it's just a lean, probably not going to end up placing it. But I know Matt has a strong lean to one of those sides. Give me the Jets and keep the points. The Jets are going to beat this Vikings team in Minnesota this week. And I'm very, I'm very confident on it. That number one defense is going to shut down Kirk Cousins. Give me the under one and a half touchdowns for Kirk Cousins and the Jets on the money line. I think this Jets team is like, like, like Zach Wilson was the problem. And although I think Mike White will regress the next couple of weeks based off of last week, I still think he does enough to win on the road here. I just, I think this Jets team is really, really good. Like, I think they could be like a top four AFC, like a top four AFC team. Wow. Gino, any thoughts? You love the Jets too, or are you looking the other way? This one's tough for me. I've been high on Minnesota all year. They had a really good win against New England. Um, I made good money on that one. It really closed out my Thanksgiving. Lovely. They're very rested, very prepared for this game. They're kind of in the driver's seat to get that two seed. Um, I just have, I I, I hate being like everyone else that thinks, you know, I hate the, it's just the Jets team. You know, like it's, they're the Jets. They'll eventually become the Jets again. I, I agree with Maddie that this is actually a good Jets ball club. I love that they have Robert Sala. I was sad we lost him. I, I try and connect everything in the NFL to my Niners, and uh, they play the same kind of football. They're in every game. Uh, 
I just don't know if turf versus those Minnesota Vikings is their best matchup. I think their better matchups are versus the New England's versus the Buffaloes. Um, so I'm very curious. I'm saying a lot of words. I would default to this under if you like the Jets more than betting the Jets. Uh, just being honest, that's where I would go. I would bet the I would bet the under on this game. Um, I won't have a team in it. I'll be cheering for the Vikings because I took them to win the NFC just at value, even though I don't to this day think they're going to win the NFC. Just a nice like twenty to one or something back then. Uh, but that's my long short of it is if you believe in the Jets, bet the under, uh, watch a good game. I think these two teams match up fairly well. They're very similar in, other, in certain aspects, very different in other aspects. Their strengths might up with the other team's defensive strengths. So it'll be a fun game. I'm going to watch this game with the under on the first half and then decide if I rebet the under on the second half. Interesting. Okay, so right now I have a slight lean towards the over. Again, these guys convinced me I can't play the over, probably won't play. I have this game as Vikings minus three. So, like, I see no value on either side. Um, but generally, like, when I have a game at minus three um, and I'm not getting either value, you would lean towards the dog. Um, but, again, I think it's pretty accurate. I kind of think – Yeah, go ahead. Just one thing I want to say. This is the right line. Like, yeah, that's what I'm you, saying. You could look at the records and the primetime Minnesota win versus a good Patriots defense and say, well, if they did it at the Patriots, they can do it to the Jets, even though the Jets have a better defense. Uh, I'm telling you, this is this is capped fair. It, it's it should be at the three to three and a half range. They're home. They're they're not disrespecting the Jets. This no. is one of those ones that if they were disrespecting the Jets, I'd be all over the Jets. It just seems fair to me. That's what I'm saying too, Matt. Any final thoughts before we move on to uh, Gino's team? Jets money line. Jets money line. All right, let's get after it. The Tua led Miami Dolphins are heading to San Francisco. They are plus four. And they are getting 67% of the money and 78% of the money on their money line. But we do see a lot more of the bets on the Dolphins while some money is coming in on the 49ers. And this line has been moving around. Gino, one of my heaviest leans of the week is your 49ers. And the reason being is the defensive line versus offensive line advantages. Miami Dolphins currently, I think, are going to have two of their starting offensive linemen out of this game the 49ers, you said at the beginning of this episode, they beat up on teams. They are going to rush. They are going to destroy Tua. But can Tua get the ball out of his hands fast enough into the hands of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? Because when you look at this 49ers defense, I feel like the only way to beat them is with true playmakers. And the Dolphins have two of the best in the NFL, and that is Jalen Waddle, and that is Tyreek Hill. But Jimmy Garoppolo in these sorts of spots, is disrespected. I even I saw something on Twitter. Is Jimmy Garoppolo a Hall of Famer if he wins a chip with the 49ers? And I thought to myself, whoa. But then I looked at it, and I was like, well, he's 41-19 and 19 in his career. If he won a Super Bowl technically with the New England Patriots, but, like, he didn't. It's not his, but he has a ring. And then if he wins one with the 49ers and continues to have a decent career, let's say for some reason the 49ers move off Trey Lance or they just stick with Jimmy G, I'm not sure. I have no idea about that um but could jimmy g potentially be a hall of famer you're probably listening to this episode and thinking to yourself jimmy g a hall of famer i just turned the episode off but think about it a little bit he could be um 49ers are getting healthy too i mean kind of you know elijah mitchell is going to be out but they get to put christian mccaffrey in the game 
Um, I lean the 49ers. I think they're a better team, but Shanahan at home in these sort of spots has not been profitable for betters, but this might be one of the better 49ers teams that we've seen in recent memory. Gino, I know I broke it down a, a decent amount. I'm interested to hear your take because I definitely lean the 49ers and I'm just looking for you to convince me. This will be tied for my second biggest bet on the Niners this year. My first one was in Mexico City with Arizona, where he absolutely dominated. Uh, I'll I'll break this down a couple different ways for the better. I am a huge Niner fan, so I'm trying to be biased, and I do not – I don't give them out as a play every week. I bet them as a fan every week. It's very rare that you see them in my plays and in my algorithm. They will probably be in both this week, so I'll break all that down. One, if I had to tell you why, the O-lineman out for Miami is a huge deal. Shani actually gets disrespected. He has a lot of good coaches that have come out of his system, traded all around. We've gotten a bunch of third-round draft picks for that. He, everyone thinks that everyone under him is better than him. He's going to show that he's actually the puppet master and not all of them. I think he is going to absolutely outwit uh, McDaniel, who I love. I love his personality. He's kind of quirky, kind of goofy. He's a great kind of guy. I don't wish any ill will on the Dolphins. I hope to play them in the Super Bowl. This is a terrible matchup for them. We are going to come at them all game. They are not going to be able to run the ball an inch on us. We're going to be able to basically run nickel and dimes. And our linebacker is going to be able to be in the passing lanes because of how little time Tua has. And we are going to be coming at them. And then I have to make a plea here. About three weeks before we got CMC, I got crazy on social media saying we're getting CMC. Everyone's like, this guy's just a delusional Niner fan. I'm like, no, I know what he likes for his systems. I now think we need, Shani, if you're listening, Melvin Gordon. He just left. He's hard-nosed. We need him. Bring him on. He's a free agent laying around. He's cheap and he's durable. You have a system that's very complex that sometimes leads to people getting overran and potentially injured. Melvin's a good fit. This is going to be a CMC game where he showcases the kind of numbers. It's like, okay, now I know why they paid this dude. This Dolphins defense is in for a world of hurt. And I'll end it with this very simple statement. Is the Dolphins offense better than the Niners offense? Without a doubt. But that gap is substantially smaller than the gap in the Niners defense and the Dolphins defense. This spread should be around six or seven. I'm telling you right now, if you're going to bet the Dolphins, throw away those four points, take money line. They're not covering. They're either beating us because we make a bunch of mistakes and they expose us on deep passes. Our secondary is not great. Um, but we will mitigate that by blitzing and being everywhere. Uh, Tua Halafoga is going to be a monster. I love that dude. He is the little junior guy. What's the guy's name from Pittsburgh that's in all the commercials with the hair? Um, Troy Palomalu. Yeah, he's the new Palomalu. He's a good dude. Are you talking about Lufunga? Hulafunga. I I call him Tua Funga. I'm from San Francisco. I'm from the Bay Area, and we have a lot of Samoans and Tongans, and there's some – derogatory names that are actually socially allowed. Like it's like when an Italian calls people Dago or Guinea, we don't care. It's, <laughs> they, they have names that I snuck in there. Um, Matt, one trend for you, because I'm interested to see where you lean. The eight and three dolphins are listed as an underdog against the 49ers in the last 20 years, teams with a 70% win percentage who are listed as underdogs in December or later in the regular season are 48 65 and three against the spread 42.5%, including 14 and 22 and one against the spread since 2016. So that's another trend 
that benefits the 49ers. Matt, any last words on this one? Because what I'm waiting for is I really want the three and a half. Um, I know Gino said that if you like the Dolphins, that they're going to win this game outright and that don't worry about the points. But for me, I am slightly worried about the points. Like, I really, really want that three and a half. It's been up and down. I can't grab it yet. So this is one of those bets where it doesn't make my three because I haven't gotten the three and a half. But if it goes back down there, 49ers will be at three and a half in one of my plays. Where are you leaning? I'm, le- I'm honestly, I'm leaning San Fran as well. I mean, the my, the Dolphins team has been different, different on the road. I mean, they gave up 32 points at Chicago. They gave up 27 at Detroit. I think San Fran will be able to score enough, and I think their D-line's a bad matchup right now. So I would lean similarly to both of you guys on this one. All right, 49ers, definitely lean. If you see it at three and a half, you will see it in my plays, and Gino is making it his second biggest 49ers bet of the year, and he's 1-0 and on those with the Arizona Cardinals when they destroyed them. Uh, Steelers-Falcons, this is one that is making my favorite bets of the week. That is the Atlanta Falcons money line. Ooh. Mike Tomlin on short. Gina loves that. You like that? All right, let's talk about it, Gino. Mike Tomlin on short rest, 18 and 20 and three against the spread. Um, as a favorite, Tomlin is not the same coach, 10 and 14 against the spread. Um, as an underdog, he is eight and six and two against the spread. Um, this is a disrespectful line. This is a disrespectful line. The Steelers just beat the Colts, and the Colts suck. They suck. They might lose by 50 to the Cowboys. I'm not sure where I'm going to lean on that um, game on um, Sunday Night Football. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I think the Colts are terrible, especially with Matt Ryan. Um, He looked like a corpse out there. So I I was on the Steelers, but they didn't really play that impressive of a game. I like Kenny Pickett, but he can also be kind of inconsistent. And you want to take Marcus Mariota and the Falcons when they're at home. They started 6-0 six, six and oh against the spread, and they're just 1-5 and five since. But Mariota is still 4-2 and two at home with the Falcons. He wasn't as good with the Titans, but with the Falcons, he's 4-2 and two against the spread. This is a Falcons team that loves to play at home. They can run the football. They're one of the best running offenses in the NFL by PFF actually ranked number three. I think that'll be enough. And if I have Tomlin as a favorite after a straight up win as a dog, this doesn't feel like a game that Tomlin is raw, raw, get his team up to face the Falcons when they have a tough game next week. I think this is kind of a sandwich spot as some may describe indoors. Marcus Mariota is eight and five against the spread outdoors. He's 25 and 35. He will be playing indoors at home. This is the best version of the Falcons. They had a really tough loss. I think they come back gunning for this game. I think I have this game at Falcons minus three. So the fact that they're plus one, I feel like I'm getting a ton of value on this game. Gino, you also no, said this line is disrespectful. I'd love to hear your opinion. I love the my Falcons. dog of the week. Let's go. Uh, people shouldn't be high on Pittsburgh. They should be low on Indy after that game. The, Good. the false. People are walking away from that game being high on Pittsburgh. They should walk away being low on Indy. That the the biggest mistake I see, uh, and again, I hate to use the word amateur. It sounds insulting. I should say like uh, novice. Recreational. for entertainment. Recreational. Novice, like just rec- yeah, recreational betters. The biggest mistake I see them make is they walk away from certain games high on one team in- instead of low on the other. Agreed. And that's probably the thing I see the most when I talk to people. And because I spend a lot of time in bars, I like talking to gamblers. I like talking about my app and like just trying to understand 
how do better think to make things better for the better. And the biggest mistake I make, I've seen make is people are, they use bad games to be high on one team versus low on the other. And that's just like the amateur mindset. Most cappers look at games and they walk away and they say, I'm not just not going to put money on India anymore. They're just unpredictable. They're amateur. They have too many holes and they're too inconsistent. That's how I walked away from that indie game. Exactly what I did. Uh, and in my opinion, I have this game capped at three and a half to Atlanta. Okay. We're giving me four points like that. Now, again, you cross zero. So two of those points are a little irrelevant. But anyway, you slice it, keep the one, give me money line. I literally am getting a game at plus 110 that I think I should be paying minus 140, minus 150. Exactly. We are on the same exact page. I came away from that game thinking the Colts are a dead man walking. I came away from it thinking like, oh, the Steelers are pretty solid. Like that was Vrabel's a dog. He should have won that game. I was on the Steelers. That is a classic Vrabel spot. This game in a sandwich spot where he's a favorite, this is not a Tomlin game. And also we have a very tough loss for the Falcons, like a very tough loss for the Falcons against the commanders, which they could have won. And the commanders are a good ass team. Like this is a Falcons team where I get the best version of Mariota. I get the best version of the Falcons. That's at home. Give me the Atlanta Falcons. Matt, do you have any last words on this one? Because I love this play. I was going to say, there's, there's a change your mind off the line is flip-flopped. And, and, like, and Tom is now a one-point dog. Is that what it is right now? <laughs> I'm seeing that on DraftKings. I'm looking at a couple other books right now. Um, but I'm seeing... I'm seeing the Steelers minus one on FanDuel's. Maybe that's a maybe that's a yeah. I think it's around even. Like I, I would just. I think this is basically a pick 'em. You got plus one somewhere, minus one somewhere, whatever. Like I have this game at three. So if the Steelers were plus three, I'd probably consider it differently because the Falcons also keep every single game close, no matter if they win or lose. Yeah, this is a game where I feel that the rookie on the road against the Falcons team, which I still do like their head coach. I think the Falcons just win this game. I don't think it's going to be by a ton. I don't think they blow them out, but I think they win by a field goal. Therefore, give me the underdog. Watching watching Kenny Pickett, like he's missed some really easy throws Um, just this past week or what was it this past week or the week? Was it in, 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 I think in Indianapolis. Yeah. He had some red zone throws where like a receiver just on an out pass and it's like wide open and he's just blowing these throws so I don't know. I, I hate this game, honestly. The line, like to your guys' point, makes no sense. It should be three plus. Um, but a part of me is like, why is that? You know. So it, it is a strange game for sure. A part of me deep down thinks the Steelers are a little bit better than than we all think. But at the same time, I do see what Gino's saying about like we should be low on the Colts more so than high on the Steelers. But I think it's probably somewhere in the middle where the Colts are just really bad, but the Steelers are also a little bit better than what everybody thinks. So this is a tough one for me. I understand that. Um, for me, yeah, like I said, um, the this line opened up um, in favor of the Falcons and it moved after the Falcons lost and the Steelers won. So I think I'm still getting value on this game. That's why I don't think the line is weird. I think I just think it was an over-adjustment. Um, yeah. So that's why I'll be on the Falcons for sure. Seahawks-Rams, my third favorite bet. Um, guys? Whoa, I want to hear this one. I want to hear this one. I'm excited now. You got me excited. Guys, this is so disrespectful. You no, know, he's a Rams fan, right? He's a Rams fan. Uh, no, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm actually on St. St. Louis. I almost called them the St. Louis Rams. Uh, L.A. I think L.A. is – this is insane. They always play Seattle tough, but I want to hear you, Pete. I'm going to shut up. 
what the fuck? Are <laughs> you kidding me? Seven <laughs> point dogs at home in a divisional game where Sean McVay has owned Pete Carroll in the past. I got all crazy about this game, so I don't I want to find the exact number. Pete Carroll is one and six against the spread versus McVay and the Rams since 2019. Yes, you can tell me that it has been way better Rams team, but you can also tell me that we've seen better Seahawks teams in the past. This is one of those games. Gino, you know it well, these divisional games. McVay gets owned by Shanahan. McVay owns Kingsbury, and he owns Pete Carroll. Seven points. John Wolford is, is starting now. I like him better than Perkins anyway. No Aaron Donald, no Cooper Cup. No Matt Stafford. These are professional players. These are professional players. What? I saw this line, and I haven't bet on the Rams since week one. And I was like, I'm doing it once this year. For the most disrespectful line I've ever seen, they just covered against the Chiefs. This isn't This isn't just some, I mean, they are kind of a bottom feeder. But let's not pretend that the Seahawks are this elite team either. They just lost to the Raiders. Seven points is too many. Right now, if we're looking at where the betting splits are, 64% of bets are on the Seahawks, but 62% of the money is on the Rams, and that's what's moved this line from 8 to 7. Now, if you tell me, would you take it at 6.5? Probably not. I need the 7. But still, this is disrespectful. This is disrespectful, Gino. What do you like about the Rams? One of my favorite systems doesn't apply to NBA, but it applies really well to MLB and NFL. It's superstars being out. The depth of the team of the sport is so much more important in football and baseball than it is in basketball. I'm sorry to all the basketball fans. It's a top-heavy league. You get two or three guys and you make a run and everyone else kind of does their role. Football and baseball are very different. I love everything Pete just said. I love that all these big names are out. So everyone is saying they're done. They're going to lay down. Dude, these other people have mouths to feed, my dudes. These other people are 200 pounds of muscle adults that don't get punked by anyone. And you're going to tell them, lay down? No, they're playing for next year's contracts. They're playing for next teams they get to play on. This is a perfect chance to take your seven and a half. The Vegas had to set it that way because they knew all the money was going to come flowing in from the squares on Seattle. The thing I've been most wrong about all year is Seattle, this team, I'll admit it. I haven't lost a lot of money on it. I've just been disrespecting them all year, saying they're a joke. Um, but they're not. They're a good squad. Uh, clearly, Russell was the joke. Wildly, Seattle was actually an okay squad. Even the team was more of a problem than Russell. So what I will say is if you're forced to watch this game in your local time zone and you want to bet potentially bad football game, you're going to watch the Rams fight from the first snap to the last snap for respect in the division for future years. And you're getting a lot of value and a lot of points on a team that the coach owns, like Pete said, and a team that still has a defense, dude. Aaron Donald's not the entire defense. He's an amazing football player. But there are other guys on that team that are very good and they're very, very athletic defense. Matt, everyone and their mother – is going to tease down Seahawks to minus one and a half. And they will lose because the Rams are going to win this game. Mm. The Rams are not tanking. They don't have a pick till like 2030. <laughs> they need to win this game. I saw this line, Matt. I have this game at four. Seven? 
seven, dude. No. This is okay. This is a spite bet, but there is stuff behind it. Like Gino said, head coaching stuff, divisional dog at home. There's a lot of things, but I looked at this. I'm like, this is my Rams bet. If they, if they don't cover this, Gino, to be fair, I had it at five and a half, which is a lot of respect to Seattle, but you're giving me two very expensive points. You're giving me two points that a normal book will sell you for 40% juice to cross six and cross seven to get up to seven and a half. This is a no brainer bet from someone that, wants to invest just with a chance that you have like a 57% chance of winning. It's a great position to be in. You throw your money down. You, they battle start to finish. And even if they fall apart, they can backdoor cover. And I don't even know if they're going to need that. I don't, but I'm saying you have a, multiple ways to win this bet. Matt, if you lean the Seahawks, I'm ending the podcast now. No, I can't. I Trust me, I can't do it. Everything you said is spot on. I mean, I would argue with Gino. He said that it's mainly the NFL and MLB. But there's, and I don't have the exact numbers, but there's proven data in the NBA that even when the star players are out immediately, the the role players play significantly better. Very Um, good point. And that's more, so what I've seen in the NBA, that's more in the immediate future. But then over time, as the star players are out over an extended period of time, then the team starts to regress and those role players come back to earth. But in the immediate future, like we're talking a week, two weeks, um, in NFL terms versus NBA, which is like, you know, just a few days type of thing. I don't know. I like this. I like the points here at home too, a hundred percent. I mean, I do think it is disrespectful to the Rams and I like both points that you guys made, especially Pete saying that the Rams definitely aren't tanking. Um, so I, I would definitely take the points here. I think this is a field goal game written all over it. Like Geno Smith comes downfield in the fourth quarter and gets a field goal to win the game. No. Um, Cause it is an important game for Seattle as they have a legitimate you know, legitimate playoff chances. Vegas, you guys are assholes. You're mean. You're mean to my Rams. You're being mean. And I'm going to take your money because screw you. All right. Uh, This game is insane. This game is insane. Chiefs, Bengals. Mm. Chiefs are minus one and a half. Bengals are plus one and a half. 89% of the money is on the Chiefs. On the spread, 81% of the money is on Chiefs' money line. Nobody wants to take the Bengals except me. But at the same time, I don't know if I want to because Patrick Mahomes in December is probably the best athlete of all time against the spread as a dog of three or less, 17 and five straight up, or 17 and five against the spread. He does not lose in these spots. This is a revenge game for the Kansas City Chiefs. If we remember, these teams played each other. Bengals won 34-31 in the playoffs. Chiefs remember that. But at the same time, it's not like the Bengals are going to lay down either. There have been some disrespectful comments. Um, One of the defensive backs for the Chiefs forgot about T. Higgins. Didn't really know his name. He was meeting Hayden Hurst, but there was a quote that came out where it said, oh yeah, that guy Higgins, yeah, he's, he's talented, but didn't know his name. I know Higgins is going to know that. And I know Jamar Chase is back. This is going to be an electric game. I lean the Bengals, but I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. Matt, I'll start with you. So this is probably the squares play of the week for us, but I know we're on the we're on the Chiefs here. It was an early lean for us when we recorded our podcast, and then it also ended up becoming a system play. And I'll, I'll read that system to you, but – it's basically taken very bad against the spread teams late in the season versus very good against the spread teams late in the season. 
So teams that are covering 30% or less of the time versus teams that um, are covering 70% or more of the time. The Bengals are eight and three ATS. Chiefs are, I believe, three and seven, AT, three, seven and one. I think it is ATS. Um, and it points to the Chiefs here. It hits at, I think, a 58, 60% rate, somewhere in that range. But I like the Chiefs before seeing that. I do hate this number a lot. Like it, it's fishy as hell. It's square. I've seen it as low as two now. So I saw it at two and a half. One and a half so, on DraftKings. One and a half now. So it's definitely it's definitely sketchy, but there, there are a bunch of narratives in sports betting that I never buy into. Some people will say like people are so bad at gambling. The books give you a line every now and then to like feed the public. Like they're like gifting us Kansas city. <laughs> I don't buy that. No, that's, called a, that's called a free bet. <laughs> what, what I'll say is telling the same story two ways. One I'm, I've been in high on Kansas city since preseason. I said they were the team to beat uh, Buffalo. Everyone wanted to chop my head off. Of course, Buffalo was granted the Super Bowl this year. Couldn't be further from the truth. So I love seeing that come to fruition. I believe in this Chiefs team. I think they did the best job ever of losing Cheetah for what they got in return. They, they didn't take a step. Sure, would they be better with them? No question on offense. They didn't take a step back. What they did to make up for it, they're the same team. Um, Cincinnati's heating up just like last year. So that narrative is starting to resonate in betters' minds. The rust you talked about at the beginning of the year for the hangover, Super Bowl hangover, is all gone since he's playing good ball. Uh, the, the question is, do you remember the Chiefs' first half for Cincy? They just are a them. better team. Did Cincy battle back? Do they deserve to win? Yes. Chiefs kicked that field goal, go up 20 nothing with no momentum. They lose that game? No. So that was terrible coaching. That was a that was probably the low low the low light of Andy Reid's career. I do believe in emotions, but I also just believe in football. This Chiefs team is better than the Cincinnati team on any football field, dome or not, snow or not. You're giving them at such a low rate. You earn my bet. The problem I'm going to see, and I'm going to stop talking now, but I just want hope for the gamblers that are listening. Don't fucking make this your play of the week. Like I know you all want to do. I know you want to slap down a thousand dollars because you're a hundred dollar better. Cause there's no way the chiefs lose. There's a lot of fucking ways the chiefs lose. Yeah. This is a one unit play because you think the team is better and you're getting them in Cincy in the winter when Cincy's heating up lines, pretty fair lines, pretty fair, honestly, but this is not a three, four, five unit play. And every dude on Twitter that makes it their 10 unit play, I'm going to label in my little Twitter category clowns because that's what they are. This is just a bet. We're saying Casey's a better team. You're getting good value on it because since he's been playing good football, you're getting them when they should be probably minus three, not a crazy difference. And you take it and you take your one unit. But if, if Casey loses is what it is. I'm not losing sleep over it, but I, they'll, they'll get a unit from me. No question without even blinking guys. Patrick Mahomes is one and seven against the spread this season after a straight up win. Hmm. The the books cap. Look at look at Buffalo's record against the spread. Look at Casey's record. If you can if you can ask the public who the best five teams are, the public. Forget the power rankings of pros. The public. Who are the best five teams? And you faded those every week. It'd be as good as the system as my homie Matty Betts is a dog every week blind. The dogs are getting pumped on the last two weeks. So. Smoked. 
All right, two more games. Uh, we'll start before we get to the Sunday night game. Chargers versus Raiders. Chargers are plus one. Raiders are minus one. Um, we're seeing the handle exactly split. Um, we are seeing more money on the Chargers money line and more bets on total on the Chargers, which could mean that sharp action is on the Raiders. And that would make sense because this Raiders line has been moving in their general direction. Um, I don't have a lean on the side. I actually have a lean on the total. Um, these two teams, when they played, um, last time earlier this year, I think the game ended 23, 17. This probably should be a low scoring game. And I think 50 and a half is too much. I have this game around 47 and a half, 48. So I think I'm getting a couple of points of value, but again, chargers Raiders, this game does feel like it definitely could go over. And it's one of those bets, which feels good going in. And then it's the third quarter and it's 30 to 27 Raiders or 30 to 27 chargers. That's what's kind of keeping me off it. But with that said, if you said, Peter, you have to make another bet in this game, it would definitely be under 50 and a half. And if we're looking at where the money is on this game, we have 56% of the money on the over and um, only 44% of the money is on the under, but 28% of bets is on the under. And this line has moved down. Now, mostly you're going to find is 50. Interesting, gentlemen. Matt, where do you go in this game? I love the under, bro. I love this under. It's probably my favorite play of the entire week wow okay it's all right of, i'm in it's one of our it's one of our system plays inside discipline the gens team like this is a division under i'm giving away all our gold i'm just playing i, I have to because this one's too good a little playing. bit of give me a little but, bit of gold gino just a I little, got you, little I got sprinkle you. when the closing total is between 44 and a half and 60 between weeks 11 and 19 in the nfl the under hits at a 61 percent rate i love this under so much in this game I just think the Raiders are going to run clock like crazy, running the ball against the Chargers defense. I love this under. I think it should be – I think the number should be 47, 48. And, and real quick, because I got to defend my homie Maddie. When Maddie says when it ends between 44 and 60, people are like, oh, sick, man, when it ends between 30 and 100. That's not what he's saying. <laughs> That's not what he's saying at all. We run systems that literally just pack a bunch of numbers into a mathematical computer – and they just spit up nuances. So the larger it gets means the stronger the system is. Because he could easily have said 44 to 50, but he just included more. That's That shows how strong the system is, that it got it wider. I, my, uh, I'm, I'm the oldest guy in the room, and I love saying that. Maddie thinks I, I say it too much, but I mean it because I fight like a teenager. If people talk shit on social media, dudes call me chief, I call him Pocahontas. Like, I'll go, I'll go toe for toe. And the reason I say that is I see these idiots opening their mouth and like correcting us. And like, they don't think we know that 44 to 60 is a big range. Oh, we never thought of that. It's like, if we said 44 to 50, excuse me, 44 to 45, you'd be like, that's a window this big. So we're never right and we're never wrong. Point being, it's that strong of a system that it applies to that large of a window. That's, it actually should be a stronger thing versus the baboons that hear things and they're immediately listening for things to disagree. It's not a way to exist on social media, looking for people you don't agree with. You can always find shit you don't agree with. Try and find humans to connect with that are trying to add value to your life. Give me the under. <laughs> add it to my card. That's all I needed to hear. We got a 
We got a discipline to gens system, and I highly recommend because there could be some listeners who have who haven't listened to your guys' stuff. These guys are some of the hottest betters in the NFL right now. Matty has a system where he's taking every single underdog on the money line. He told me this before week zero in the preseason, and he said, are you going to want to be on it? I'm like, yeah, I kind of like it. He got ahead of me, and I couldn't jump on it when he was jumping on it, and he's up about a billion units. Matt? Maddie and I, fun story real quick. We're sitting in the Circa Sportsbook drinking on March Madness. And he did it for March Madness. We literally went up to the window every time with chips, blast, holding tickets, getting drunk. And he was like, I'm doing this for NFL. And I was like, there's no fucking way you do this for NFL. This dude, and I'm adding to your story, Pete. He didn't tell you in August. He told me in fucking March. Literally. Drunk in the freaking pit, holding tickets. He was, oh, what's that one? Uh, St. Petey's, is that what it's called? St. Peter's, yes. I'm actually holding St. Peter's money lines tickets. He's like, Gino, I'm doing this. He's like, you remember Jacksonville at Buffalo when they won? I'm gonna win that ticket next year. The, the dude's been uh, rev- not reminiscing. I don't. I'm drawing blanks now, but he's been uh, dreaming this to fruition for freaking seven months. I just love underdogs. You guys see the World Cup underdogs? It's bigger than any sport right now. It's not even close. Like the plus twenty three hundred cashed in the World Cup. Today, yesterday, day before, a bunch of dogs cash. Yeah, but Matt, what if Saudi Arabia didn't win? <laughs> yeah. People always say on my videos. There's always one did. What if this dog didn't win? You'd be down X. And I'm like, well, if. Well, they know, did. I was like, if my sister had a dick, you know, she'd be my brother. Like, <laughs> like, like, what if? Just <laughs> what if, buddy? What if they didn't win? But they also- did. Got to give credit to Gino too. Maddie's been on this heater, but so has Gino. The both of these guys, their systems have been electric. If I have a lean towards the under, and I have a disciplined degen system on it, with <laughs> both of these guys liking it, add it to my card. We're in last game. Um, and just a quick recap: my favorite bets of the week before we get to Sunday night football. I love the Washington Commanders minus two and a half. Gino convinced me. Screw the money line. Give me the two and a half. I love the Falcons on the money line. Um, if they're minus 110, plus 110, don't really care. They should be minus 150, and they ain't, so give me the Falcons. Um, also, I love the Rams plus seven. You disrespectful pieces of shit at Vegas. Give me the Rams plus seven. And then now add the under 50 in Vegas versus um, Los Angeles Raiders versus Chargers. Now let's move on. Sunday night just, football. Just a story, Peter. Real quick, Peter. Because my soccer guy literally just texted me in our group, Gino Thomas, and this is from the Jens Facebook group. He just PM'd me and said, Underdogs went three and one today in the World Cup, 44.75 units. The dog money lines are up in the World Cup this year. And I'm not betting them. And I'm not What's wrong with you. I have a spreadsheet just tracking it because I'm like intrigued. Two weeks. Like, 44 Bro, units? 44 units. I mean, obviously, there's a t- plus 2,300 dog in there in Saudi Arabia. I get that's it. ridiculous, bro. That's still 21 without it. Now you have to wait four more years to just be on the underdogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Colts first. Cowboys. My unit size is bigger by that. Hey, Pete, Pete <laughs> yeah, before you ahead. move on, I want to tell people, if you're anywhere that you can sell points, sell PD's Rams down to four and a half. Do it. Winning the game. Gino. Take it. Well, I'm I'm down with all that. I'm just telling you from a game flow perspective, all of that. Sell some points. Take a four and a half. They might not win the game, but I really want them to. All right, let's move on. 
No, but I love it, Gino. And definitely go check out Bet Openly. I opened an account on Bet Openly. I bet on the alternate over 45 and a half. Gino gave me a great line of plus 250. Didn't end up hitting. The over still hit, but that didn't end up hitting. But if you're going to give me plus 250, I'll get that every single day of the week. Definitely go check out Bet Openly. We'll put some of that stuff in the episode description. Uh, last game, Colts versus Cowboys. Gentlemen, uh, under. Under. Um, Colts can't score. Cowboys have a great defense. Um I don't have a lot on this game. Um, I genuinely like this is a game where I want to take the Colts. Um, but when you, I mean, you guys know this system, you have a 10 point dog at home or a 10 point favorite at home. The under hits at an incredible rate, close to 59% of the time. Um, I like the under. Do you guys have a lean on this game? I don't even really want to bet on it, but I like the under. I think we're on opposite sides on this one, if I remember correctly. But I, I, I this is a, a lean, like a legit a lean, not an official pick. But the Col- the Cowboys suck at covering big spreads at home, man. They're just so bad at Jerry World. They can never cover large spreads. Now, granted, this Colts team looks terrible, like absolutely terrible. Every time I ever put money on this team, I'm like, why the hell did I do that? So, again, this is a lean, but double-digit dog on the road here at Jerry World. I lean the, the the Colts, but it's so ugly. I probably won't. It won't be on my card. That's for sure. Yeah. Do you know any thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna bet a lot of. Again, I don't do player props, so if I sound like an idiot, it's because I don't do this a lot. Uh, I would be on a lot of the under player props and team props of the Cowboys, even though I like the Cowboys to win this game and to cover. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I the the reason being is I see all the systems. The thing I want to correct real quick, because there's great guys on social media giving out great systems. They don't realize that a lot of these systems, a lot of the macro data they're re-reporting is from opening lines and the sharps have beat it down. So the sharps on that 10 and a half point, this line opened at 48 and a half. It's now 44. So they're going to, if, if this game ends between 45 and 48, they're going to call that a win in that macro data for the next 10 years but you took a loss because you bet it at 44. Mm. So just be careful because a lot of systems are baked based on opening lines. So immediately, if you have a good system, because again, I'm not talking shit on anyone out there. Everyone in the space is trying to help people, trying to add value and build a brand for themselves. Just realize that most systems are based on opening lines. So when you see a line move three, like if I could just scream this from the top, maybe I'll make a TikTok video about this. Just know that you're making it about an opening line. So when a line moves three, four, five points, you unfortunately miss the system. Even if it still wins, the value is no longer on that system. So I I hope that's helpful. Um, If I'm forced to bet this game, I'm probably betting it over at kickoff. I'm probably getting over 43 and a half or 44. No one in the public side is going to see a high scoring game here. Cowboys should shut out the Colts from everything I've seen. Um, and there's just no reason, but I think I'm going to get like five or six points of value from the opening line on the over. Yeah. All right. You talked me off the under. So now you're right. No, everything. I'm not, I'm not even saying like, I'm not making a point to as if like, um, like I just agree with you. So it's like, what am I supposed to do now? And, and Maddie and I disagreed. He's right. All the math would point to the Colts covering everyone. Kind of probably low on the Colts. I get high on the Cowboys as well-ish. I just think there's no way I'm comfortably putting money on the Colts when the Cowboys could be up seven the whole game and then 14. 
Yeah. And there's no way the Colts are coming back down. Do we like the first half under? Colts are 10 and 2 to the first half under this year. What is it's that number? It's interesting because that 20? like 22 and a half, 21. Even last week when the Colts played the Steelers, that first half I think was low scoring, right? And then it picked up in the second. So we'll see. Yeah. But that'll do it for this episode of Not Gambling Advice. Um, to leave the viewers with my favorite prop, I will be on Damian Pierce over. 70 and a half rushing yards against that Swiss cheese Cleveland Browns run defense. That'll do it for this episode of Not Gambling Advice. Stay tuned for our Monday night pick, which should come out Monday morning, possibly Sunday night for the Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. Gentlemen, want to thank you guys a ton for coming on. Um, I have a lot of leans. I'm glad I turned a lean into a winner at least with me, what I think, or at least a pick that I'm going to get with that under 50 and a half or under 50 in Raiders versus Chargers. But I also liked it because I lean the Bengals. These guys are on the Chiefs. I do not want to be on the opposite side of them, even if the entire public is on the same side as you guys. But still, I do not want to be on the opposite side of them. So I'm glad we figured that out. I'm also very intrigued now with the 49ers. Another lean that I had that Gino really talked me into. I'm still going to wait for that three and a half. If that is at three and a half, I will have five picks instead of four. To recap, Falcons money line um, commanders minus two and a half and the Los Angeles Rams plus seven and the under 50 in Raiders versus chargers Gino Matt leave the viewers where they can find you Gino we'll start with you Gino bet openly.com Gino dot bet openly bet openly on TikTok, whatever everything bet openly and then one thing I'll say too for for all viewers to Pete's point uh, my favorite feature of Bet Openly is you can make your own lines and odds and challenge people. I am a gambler. So if you don't like anything I said on this show, tweet at me, create your own lines and odds, and I will take your money and we will have a blast. And when I say take your money, I'll take your bet and then the winner will get the money. But I mean that shit sincerely. I made the app for myself because I'm a degenerate and I like that you can buy and sell points and make your own lines and odds. Let's go. Matt, where can people find you? Just Matty Betts everywhere, M-A-T-T-Y-B-E-T-S-S, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Thank you guys again for coming. You can find those links in the episode description. But all of this, we have to remember that none of this was gambling advice. And Pete, do you play poker real quick? I do. Well, I'm okay. playing poker tonight, actually. All right. The reason I ask is DD is starting to host poker events. We're going to have celebrity guests. That if you, you'll, you'll get to come on free. And if someone knocks you out in our group, they'll win money. So just know that you will be invited on. We're going to do one or two tournaments a month. We're going to have celebrity guests to get them knocked out. People will be able to knock you out. That is the one point where I will say it's gambling advice because I will be playing poker and I will be winning. Not getting knocked out. I will be winning. Thank you, everybody, for listening.